Y'all ready for the word? How, how many you know we have a, uh, a wonderful kid issue in this church? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> and just so you know that, uh, you know, if they had to go somewhere. And those rooms are very, very tiny. So I try to remember that when I, uh, when I go past 12 o'clock. I, I shouldn't say I try to remember it. Somebody reminds me. When I go past 12 o'clock, that room is very tiny. <laughs> uh, have you noticed Amen Corner over here got bigger? That's usually where the, the Allberries sit, but it was crowded with kids. And, you know, you could got, hey, feel free to move around now, though, by the way, if you want. You take up your own whole role. Megan, move to the bathroom. Sorry. You are standing over there. I just said, point that out. All right, let's pray. By the way, let me just tell you this. For the bulletin this week, you know, I create these things, and, and I'm, I was like, Kelly, I'm going to need you to do this. For, I'll model it, and I want you to draw it. Just saying, it happened. You know how she's a teacher, so you know how they use that old thing where they put the light up there on the wall, and she was like, just saying. I am a blessed man. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for blessing us with your word. Thank you, Father, for freeing us by your word. Thank you for Jesus and his finished work. God, we thank you for continuing to teach us in this time as you, uh, you're you just telling us all about what justification is. Allowing us to repent, to change in our minds how we view you and how you view us. Thank you that the perfect work of Jesus has made me whole, has completed me. Thank you for the, the bright future that I have because of Christ and Him alone. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. So grace, they call us to fight for. I, I asked Kelly when I was making this, uh, I'm, like, I'm like, I have an idea in my head. You know, I wanted to put boxing gloves up there, but it's really not a fight that, we, that we're fighting. It's, it's really, where's the battle, guys? It's, it's in our head, right? But there are times, like when, in Paul's day, when, when people would come back into the church, they would creep in uh, unnoticed, very subtly, uh, as, uh, as Jude says in his book. So I want you to be able to see why grace is a cause worth fighting for, okay? Let's go to Jude 1, 3 real quick. It says, Beloved, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, right? We have a common salvation. It's not different for everybody. We all have the same salvation. Would you agree? And he's saying, I'm very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary. So he's like, man, I find it diligent, but it's also necessary. You need to know this. You need to know this. What do we need to know? To write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to all saints. Contend earnestly is one word in the Greek. And it literally is to agonize, to fight for. Like we have to fight for what? The faith. Doesn't it say that? So what is this faith? People will always say, hey, are you a person of faith? What does that mean? What does it mean to be a person of faith? Well, faith in the New Testament is always the fact that we are justified by faith. That's, it's justification by faith. That's the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. If people say, hey, um, if you ask them, what's the crux of the gospel? What is the gospel all about? Well, Jesus died for our sins. Uh, you know, God loves us. 
he forgave us. Christ took upon himself my sin. And and now we got to, you know, we got to honor him by living a holy life. And that's the answer you'll get nine out of ten times. And I'm not against that. The problem is the most important thing about that, the gospel is missing out of that. And that is that we have been justified. Justified. That's the gospel. When you let people know that they're justified by what Christ did, it makes a big difference. Amen. And that's why he's saying you got to fight for it because people are coming in. They're changing that gospel up. They're changing it up. They're saying, no, man, you still got to do something. You're justified by how you perform for the Lord. But that's not true. And that's what Jude was against. Jude was like, man, there's guys coming in here trying to do that. You got to fight for that. Paul even said that, man, I marvel. I marvel that you let someone come in here and change up what I've been teaching you. He's like, I'm dumbfounded by it. So we got to know. We got to know what this, this faith is all about. Exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all delivered to you, right? So we got to fight for justification by faith, not literally fight uh, with people. I hope it never comes to that. Amen. But how many times did it go through your head? Like this dude doesn't get out of my face. I'm going to beat the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Thank you, Jesus. Right. I'm going to pray for him. You know how they hit him upside the forehead? Be healed. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Uh, it would not be awesome. That was my conscience <laughs> letting that out. It would not be awesome. Therefore, we conclude that a man is what? Justified by faith, apart from the deeds of the law. That means that you're justified by believing what Christ did instead of being justified by doing the works of the law, by your performance. You see that? Amen. Just in case one's not enough, here's Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace. Right now, you have peace with God. Uh, even though you might not feel like you have peace with God, if you feel like you don't have peace with God, it's because you're focusing on your sin. But if you focus on Jesus, you have peace with God. You got to know that you, you're justified. You're justified by faith, not by what you do, but by faith. All right? Um, a very important part right there. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Christ, we would have no peace and we would have no justification. Very important. All right, look at Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. In other words, by your performance. You're not justified. But by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have uh, believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. You can't say that, you know, look at me, God. Look at my performance. Look what I'm doing. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible every day. That's not what God's concerned with. Those things are supposed to be fruits. You got to know that you're justified by the blood of Jesus, by faith. You got to believe that. Those other things will come. But if you're trying to make it right with the Lord by what you do, it means nothing to him. Nothing. It's rubbish. Paul found that out. Paul actually said that. The Holy Spirit said that through Paul. All right. Uh, Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. I love the fact that it says the law was our tutor. Right. In other words, it's not anymore. The law has been ended by Jesus. Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. 
And look at this. It says, the, therefore, the law was our tutor. But now that Christ has come, we don't need the law anymore. We are justified by faith. One of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, uh, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be, become the righteousness of God in him. So because of what Christ did, he took our sin. He had no sin. He took our sin. We had no righteousness. He gave it to us. Amen? You're like, how can Jesus doesn't deserve my sin? Well, we don't deserve his righteousness. But he got it. He died. And he rose again. Sin was paid for. And if you believe that, then you also got to believe that you've been made righteous. That you've been justified. Amen? That's the starting point. That's the first place that, you're, that you get attacked. Is when you fail, someone's going to come up or you're going to say it to yourself or Satan's going to do it. He's going to say, man, look at you. You failed. How can you call yourself a Christian? Well, you have to understand that you are justified. You're not trying to get justified. You're standing in justification. You're standing in righteousness. You can't step out of it. It's already been done. Amen? Just like Christ can't not take our sins anymore and come jump in and out of that. You can't jump in and out of righteousness. You believe that, church? All right, Jude 1, back to Jude 1. Beloved, I, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, I want you to look at this. What is this faith? This faith is the true gospel. It's the true gospel. Righteousness by faith. That's why Romans 1 says this. We did this last week. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news, right? For it is the power of God to salvation. The gospel is literally the power. Definite article, it's the power. You want the power to salvation? Salvation there is health, wholeness, well-being. All that is wrapped up in that word. That word is also the name for Jesus. The power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, what's in the gospel? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just, the other word for just there is the righteous, the justified one, the righteous one shall live by faith. We found out about, we found out about that last week. We learned about it, right? So the gospel is truly believing that, that, that God's righteousness is a gift and it's on you and you live by it by faith, by believing that what Christ did made you righteous, not by what you do. It doesn't say for in it the righteousness of you. It says in it is the righteousness of God. It's revealed. It's always been there, but now it's revealed through the gospel. Okay? It's good news. All right. So what is the real gospel? Because people will say, hey, you got to, <laughs> Jesus died for you. He forgave you for your sins. Now you got to do the right thing and honor that by living right. Right? And the more you try to live right, what happens? You fail. And when you fail, you feel like you failed God. Therefore, he's not giving you all the blessings because you don't deserve it. That's that's not true. You get everything from God. And it's not because you deserve it. It's because of what Christ did. And that's why we got to be Christ focused. You can't be sin focused. You can't be you can't be a, looking inside all the time. You got to look to Jesus and his finished work. That's the quickest way to get out of it. Amen. How many of you guys sometimes you feel like you can't pray for somebody because you're looking at where you failed. And sometimes when you break through that barrier, that's the greatest prayer you'll ever pray. It's because you did it by faith. 
You're not looking at where you failed. You're just doing it by faith. You're saying, I'm still qualified because of Jesus. And when you step through that, man, you can pray. You can touch people. That, that's the best time that God can use you and miracles manifest because you just broke through that wall, that barrier, and now by faith you're speaking. It's by faith. That's the real gospel. Look at this. People have accused me of preaching this grace message since I've been preaching. And at first I didn't know how to handle it, and I didn't handle it well. Right? I didn't. But I want you to see that it's been going on since Jesus. Look at this in Mark 2. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Well, he's just giving them a license to sin, right? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, to repentance. And really it's a play on words because there are none of those guys that are righteous. They're all sinners. But they were essentially saying, how can he sit with them and bless them and give them stuff and talk to them like they deserve something when they're, they're all sinners? He's just giving them a license of sin. He's not telling them to repent. He's not ignoring them until they get right. Because these righteous people, these Pharisees thought they were righteous. And you run into some religious people around here, they think they're righteous. They think they got it going on. They'll, they'll humble themselves and say, I'm a sinner too. But deep down, they're telling people you can't hang out with sinners? Then they are self-righteous. Because Jesus was accused of it. He's like, how is he sitting with sinners? He's just giving them, he's He's just condoning what they're doing. He's not holding them accountable. What was he doing? He was loving on them. And by the way, where it says, I did not come to call righteous, but sinners. That in the original, there is no true repentance. That's man's way of putting in there, oh, you got to confess. That's not in the original. And even if it was, repentance means change your mind. It doesn't mean confess your sin. He's saying, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You know why he didn't come to call the righteous? There are none. <laughs> there are none. Who did Jesus come for? Sinners. So it's a badge of honor when people get on to you for, for, for doing what Jesus did. Eating with them. Meeting with them. Talking with them. Accepting them. Sharing love with them. Man, the church has sometimes and often has become a home for people where they just don't let people in. May it not ever be so in this church. Amen? We want to love on anybody and everybody. And God gives us wisdom to do so. So, was Jesus saying was Jesus saying that it was okay to sin because he was eating with them? No. So when people say you're giving them a license to sin, that's not true. They've been saying it since Jesus' day. Haven't they? And even Paul. Look at you. Go back to Jude 1.4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into license. That's what that word is. License. That's where they get it from. And deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at the word for turn. Right? Who turn the grace 
of our God into lewdness, license. The word there is metatithemy. And it literally means to transpose uh, two things, one which is put in place of the other. You with me? To transfer, to change, to transfer oneself or suffer oneself to be transferred, to go or pass over. So when you go back to this, it says, it says, uh, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who transpose. They, 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 in place of grace, what do they do? In place of grace, they put it, they put license to sin. License to sin. So it's actually the opposite of what we hear from people. It, it, whenever you're preaching the grace message, it's doing the opposite because the law, by the law is the knowledge of sin. And Paul even said, the more I try to not sin, I sin. The power of sin is in the law, right? So when, I'm, when you're trying to keep the law, you're trying to do the right thing all the time, you're actually doing the opposite of what this verse is saying. In fact, the more grace is preached over you, the less you will struggle with it. The less you will. The Bible says you are not under law, you are under grace. And therefore, sin will have no dominion over you. Amen? So when people tell you that, I'm trying to tell you where it's coming from. Satan has, has crept in using men and, and so subtly changed it. Where anybody that preaches the grace message is giving people a license to sin. When in fact, it's the opposite. When you preach the grace message, you're actually freeing people from it. It's amazing. So my story and your story of the gospel of grace is, is simply, I mean, you used to think maybe that God was against you. You used to think that God was holding something against you because of your past. He's not, is he? I mean, I ran from God. Anybody else in this room run from God? Anybody get tired? Why did you run from God? Why, think about it. Why did you run from God? You couldn't measure up. You weren't good enough. Nothing you did was good, right? So I ran, I ran, I, I tried to take care of things myself. I tried to find uh, different avenues to fulfill that void in my life, right? Whatever it might be, I tried them all. I tried. No, you, but you did. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and you you know it was out loud, right? It was crazy <laughs> so uh anyway i tried it all i even tried uh the final thing which was you know one night after been drinking and, and just being angry at the world i i took 26 etc pms right and uh ended up in the hospital and that was that was good times you know and, and then you find out that they don't put you to sleep when they pump your stomach that was good times right uh but anyway, I, I, I'm not glorifying that. I'm telling you, man, that, 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 that I, I was so angry at God for, for, for stuff that he did. And then I, in my anger, I thought, man, he don't want to be around me. He, yeah, I ain't going to be worth nothing to him, man. I'm cussing at him. I'm dropping F-bombs on him when I'm talking to him. But he was so patient and so loving, you know? I mean, for 20 years, I ran from him. Here I am. Amen. But what I'm saying, man, it's, it's unbelievable. The reason I ran is because first I was pissed and then I, I mean, mad. And then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Thank you, James. I honestly was really thinking about back then. I was putting myself. Anyway, that's what happens. Don't go back. Move forward. But I was so upset, right? And because I, I thought that he was that he was killing my mom. I thought that he gave my mom cancer. And, and I and I was mad at him. I'm like, how can you do that, right? And so I I I I, I didn't want anything to do with him. And I just I just ran from him. And th- and then it, it turns out that that I, I started meeting people and, they, and and you know how many of you guys know if you've been to church, people will come into your life to remind you or give you a little glimpse of what your what you had, right? And I thought about that. That would happen throughout my life. And 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 I still then I didn't think that he wanted me back because of the way I talked to him, the way I treated him, the way I treated others. And so in my mind, I had a horrible vision of who God was. The whole time, God was waiting for me. The whole time, God's arms were open. The whole time, God never gave my mom cancer. God doesn't want anybody to die. God, and, and that's why I learned, like, Jesus never went around giving people cancer and leprosy. And Jesus says, if you've seen him, you, you know who I am. If you know who I am, you know who he is. So all we got to do is look to Jesus. He never went around giving people diseases. All he did was heal people. That's God's heart. And it took a long time for me to learn, learn that. And, and God was so patient with me. And, and then I realized that, man, the, the true gospel, I, I tried to pay. I tried to make penance like Catholicism, right? I tried to pay my way back in by, 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 by jumping into youth, right? By, by, by trying to, to, to become a deacon, by by teaching Sunday school, by keeping the nursery. Every time the doors are open for pray them play, you know, you guys, you remember that? I, I was there, man. I did everything because I figured, man, if I could do all this, I could make up for all those times I failed. And guess what? I got so burned out. I got so burned out that I walked away again. In my mind, I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It almost cost me my marriage. Church almost cost me my marriage. Think about that. Religion, I should say, not church, religion. And so what I want you to know is God was so patient during that whole time. And then I figured out, God opened my eyes to the true gospel of grace. And I have done more. That's why Paul says, man, I labor. I work more than all these guys. Yet not I, but the grace of God in me. The moment you understand what the gospel of grace is all about, you will do more for the kingdom of God. You will have more uh, opportunities to minister for the kingdom of God. And it won't be because you're trying to make penance. It'll be because you understand he loves you and you are still qualified and you are justified. Amen. We all have a story of that. We all have a story of the gospel of grace. Acts 20, 24, Paul actually tells you what the gospel is all about. He says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. What ministry did Paul receive to testify to the gospel of the grace of God? So don't let people tell you, man, you got you you got to preach the the gospel. You got to preach the gospel, the full gospel. You got to tell them God loves them. Jesus died for them. Now they got to live right for the Lord. That's not the true gospel. If they, if that was the true gospel, we'd be in trouble. That's bad news. Anybody want to be, anybody want to be judged again by what you do? That's what happened in the first place. That's why the children of Israel got the law. Because they said, hey, we can do whatever God says we can do. Let God judge us by what we do. God said, okay, I'll do it. 
right? But before that, no one died in the wilderness. They complained and murmured. No one died. Miracles happened. But the moment they said, we can do whatever God says we can do, that's when the law came in and that's when death came. Isn't that amazing? And that's still going on today. But it's not God doing it. It's the enemy who has crept in and brought back that message that it's your performance that matters. I'll show you that in a second. All right. Galatians 1 6. Again, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And the word turning away there, guess what word it is? Metatithemy. To transpose. You are transposing the gospel of Christ, the grace of Christ, into a different gospel. And it's not the gospel. And in fact, he goes on to pronounce a double curse on those who would do so. Anytime you bring the law back in, that's who Paul is talking about, having a double curse. You know why? Because they're bringing the law back. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So when you know you're redeemed, the curse has no power over you. But if someone gets up here and starts speaking the law over you, you feel like you're back under that. And you feel the curse. Because you say, man, this is what I deserve. The law is going to show you what you deserve. Jesus is going to show you what you don't deserve. And it's a good thing. It's grace. It's blessings. It's life. And life more abundantly. Amen? Whoo! John 1, 16 and 17. You notice that on the back of your bulletin, you'll see, um, you'll see different uh, chapter verses 16 and 17 in chapter 1. Like, I think... Is it Romans 16 and 17 is in there? You got John 1, 16 and 17. You got Mark 1, 16. I don't even know if it means anything. I just thought it was cool. Y'all like, what's it mean, Troy? I'm like, I don't know. Y'all figure it out. Let me know. <laughs> all right. Um, and of his fullness, we have all received. We have. All of us. All of us have already received it, grace for grace. That means, in the, in, the, in the Greek, it literally is, it's like a wave, the way it's described. It'll fall on you, and then what happens next? Another one falls on you, right? It's grace after grace. It's favor after favor after fa It keeps flowing. It keeps flowing. Like, it'll smack you and smack you again and smack you again and smack you again. It's grace for grace. There's a reason why that is in Scripture worded like that. It's, he's telling you that God's favor just keeps coming. It keeps rolling over you. You can't shake it. You can't shake it at all. It's going to keep coming. And it, it has nothing to do with you. It's him. It's his goodness. Amen? All right. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace is the gospel. When people say you, you can't just preach all grace, you got to preach some truth with it. Well, guess what? They mean law when they say that. The law was given to Moses. It's one thing to give something. Grace came. I can give you something from a distance, but it's different if I show up to you and look you in the eye and say, hey, here it is. Grace came. Jesus came. And grace and truth are on the same side. In fact, the, the Greek ties those together. It actually means truthful grace. It's like buttered bread. You don't say butter and bread. Amen? That's a horrible analogy, but <laughs> I'm getting hungry. 
It's, it's truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. All right, back to uh, back to Jude one four. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so drop down to verse eleven, and we know who these unno- uh these uh these men that crept in are. He gives you an example. Uh, woe to them! Woe to those guys that are doing this. For they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. All right. Now, we need to know what these guys are all about because I don't want to be woe. Anybody want to be woe? I don't want to be woe. So what, what did they do? Well, who was Cain's brother? Abel. So Cain brought an offering. He brought an offering of his work. He brought salad bar to God, right? All the stuff he grew. He's like, here it is. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. He brought something in place, right? Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Abel brought a, Abel brought a blood sacrifice. You with me? So Cain is a picture of like my performance matters. Look what I grew. Look what I did. Here it is. Abel didn't have that mentality. Abel said, man, I need the blood to represent me. The blood is the only thing. Not my works, but the blood. Balaam, he prophesied for profit. He's one of those pastors today that's out there making money and and, and using their gift just to make money for themselves. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those guys that say, hey, if, uh, if you send in $100, I'll send you a piece of my towel. And you can hold that piece of towel and walk around hill for the rest of your life. Like, is Jesus in that towel? Is there the blood of Jesus on that towel? Because if it's your towel, you just want my money. Right? You ever watch guys like that? So, that's what Balaam is. Balaam's like, man, they've gone the way of, of profiting by standing up there and preaching. And if you look at this court, this is a, a guy who rebelled against God's leader. He rebelled against Moses. God had point, appointed Moses, and this guy, Korah, got a bunch of people, about 250 people together, and said, hey, we don't need you guys anymore. We don't need pastors anymore. We can do it. We're all holy. We can do it, right? So you get some guys within the church that say, hey, we don't want the pastors anymore. We'll rebel against who God put here. And they'll start rumors, and they'll start a rebellion out in the church, and the church will die or be split, Right? Look at this verse in number 16. Verse 3. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron. That's God's appointed leadership. And uh, and said to them, you make too much upon yourselves. Were they making it upon themselves? Moses didn't even want anything to do with it. Moses wished he wasn't chosen. But God chose him. And they're saying, you take too much upon yourself for all the congregation is what? They're like, we're just like you. We're holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? That's jealousy. That's envy. When it wasn't them, God chose them. God put them out there. So these are unnoticed who long ago were marked. They crept in and they're bringing this law back into the church, into the message. Right? So uh, that's why we're going back there. Last thing right here. This is unbelievable. 
You see where it says, who turned the grace of our God into lewdness? People say, if you preach the grace message, you're giving people a license to sin. But look what's attached to it. And, and what? And deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard me or Pastor Dwayne deny Jesus Christ? In fact, it's the opposite. We lift him up more than I bet any other. I've been to him. I've been to churches where they lift up the name of God. You hear God all the time. Or Catholicism, you might hear Mary or the saints. But here, under the true gospel of grace, Jesus is edified. He's lifted up. You will never hear me deny Jesus. Ever. And it's not because I'm, I'm, I'm checking that box. I believe <laughs> that Christ is the reason we have everything. Amen? So when people say those grace preachers, man, they're giving people license to sin, they always leave this part out. What you should say is, are they denying Jesus? Well, no, they're not denying Jesus. They're talking about Jesus, but they're just telling everybody they can do what they want to do. Have I ever told you to go do whatever you want to do? I'm trying to think in my head. <laughs> did, did I say that? Because <laughs> some of y'all are like, how do we answer? How do you want us to answer, Troy? <laughs> No, but I, I I never encourage you to go out and sin. Do I, I don't say just go do whatever you want to do. Man, God forgives you. That's not the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace tells you, hey, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He justified you. And that, just knowing that, will reduce your sin output. I'm not going to say it will stop it because we're in this world. God knew that. Amen? All right. So who is really denying Jesus? If you're preaching the law, you're denying what Christ did on the cross. If you're telling people they got to do something in order to, uh, to get God's blessing, you're putting them back under law. You're denying the cross. So preaching law is actually denying the cross, denying Jesus. Preaching law is giving people a license to sin. Because you know why? The more you hammer them, the more they figure out in their head, I can't do it. And they'll just keep going and they'll go and sin, 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 sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The power of sin is in the law. In fact, I'm doing the opposite. The more I preach law to you, I'm actually empowering you to go and sin. But the more I preach grace to you, it's alleviating that desire to go and sin. Amen? Let's start, start leave, some, uh, leave with some good news. I know it says Romans 5, 9 in your bulletin, but... Hey, but God demonstrated his own love toward you by using me to expand. It's only a couple of verses. But God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You didn't get right, you can't get right. Christ still died for you. When someone says you got to get right before God will bless you, that is baloney hockey. That's what it is. You can't get right. The greatest gift ever came while you were still sitting. All right? Uh, much more than. Love that. Much more than. Somebody want to write a book? Title it. Much more than. Much more than. Having now, right now, been justified by his blood. 
you are justified. You are righteous in God's sight by the blood of Jesus right now. Right now. We shall be saved. And I love how it comes right after, hey, while you're still sinning, Christ died for you. It's telling you that, yeah, you're still sinning, but Christ died for you. So now you're justified. you got to remember that. You're justified uh, by the blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Think about that. People say, hey, when you get to heaven, God's wrath is coming. Not when you get to heaven, but God's wrath is coming here on that day we go to heaven. But, man, is that wrath for us anymore? No. It was poured on Jesus. So don't scare people by saying God's wrath's coming. You got to get right. What if he came while you were drunk? <laughs> Dang, Dennis. Dennis said, if I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go out with a bang. <laughs> Jesus going to pop up. It's going to be like, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> He's going to say, come on, Dennis. <laughs> I don't know that any of that's going to happen. I'm just saying it was funny. All right. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Uh, so we're saved from wrath. So wrath is no longer for us, right? For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Did, did the death happen? So did your reconciliation. You have been reconciled to God right now by the death of Jesus. Um, much more. Love that, man. Highlight all those. Much more. You, on your phone, you can highlight these. Does anybody have a Bible, like a physical Bible? In there? Praise God. Praise God for those scrolls. I still have them, too. I got like eight of them. Um, much more. Having been, having been, having been. Man, we got to realize this. We have been reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. You know what that means? Because he's living today, we are saved. We're saved. We've been reconciled. Don't let anybody tell you you're not reconciled. Don't let anybody tell you you're going to hell if you don't confess your sin. We're saved by the blood, not by our confession of our sin. No words. No words. Out loud today. Uh, last verse. And not only that. Pete, you remember all the much mores? It's like, it's grace after grace after, it's waves of grace. Much more than, much more. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There again, we're not denying them. We're edifying them. Through whom we have now, say now, uh, right now, right now received the reconciliation. We have received it. We have it. Right now, church, you have been reconciled to God. That means you've been brought back. That means you can stand in his presence because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. We're not denying Jesus. We're edifying Jesus. He's the reason that, that all these great gifts that we have being justified, he's the reason why we can say that. And we can say it boldly. You don't have to apologize for it. Someone says, how can you say that? You're a sinner. Because you're looking at me and I'm looking at Jesus. Jesus, as he is, so am I right here on this earth. Does, does Jesus have any condemnation hanging over his head? No, he's justified. So are you. Does Jesus have any disease hanging over his head? No, he's healed. So are you. Amen. It's the truth. It's the truth of the gospel. 
The gospel is the power of God to salvation. Amen, church. Are you blessed? Stand up. Give Jesus a hand. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. If you're going to flex, you need to flex for a cause. We're going to fight for the grace message. It is the true gospel. But most of the times, guys, you're not going to get in those conversations with people. Some of you may. But really, you got to fight it right here in your own head, man. When, when the enemy says, look at your performance, you got to look at Jesus. you got to immediately look at Jesus. you got to know that you are righteous. You are justified by the blood of Jesus, not by your actions. Nowhere do we read that you're justified by your actions. It's all by the blood of Jesus. Give Jesus your attention. Give Jesus your 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 all your full attention. Your focus needs to be on Him every single day. Amen. All right. If you are looking for uh, a church, man, if, you, if you're visiting, most of you guys I know, if you're visiting, we have a uh, a form up here that we'd love for you to fill out just so we can have a record of your visit. But if you're looking to join a church, this is who we are. It's what we believe. It's how we sing. It's how we talk. It's how we pray. By faith, by faith, by faith. Amen? So uh, if you want to be a part of this church, man, we'd love to have a, a, a record of your attendance here at this church. If you're looking for some prayer, uh, if you've got some things going on in your life that you would like someone to lay hands on and just speak life over you and pray over you, we would love to do that as well. We'd love to be a part of that and, and just speak life over you. You can find us at the end of the meeting today, which is only going to take 10 minutes. Um, if you do not know who Jesus is, but you sat in this room and you go, wow, that maybe you thought you knew who Jesus was. And, and now you see the true Jesus that he's for you. He loves you. Price has been paid. He's already reconciled you. He's already made you justice, justified. And, and, and maybe you thought that that was a different Jesus back in the day. You were taught, taught wrong today, you know, and if today, you know, man, just come down and and, and let's say a quick prayer together. God made it easy. Religion has jacked it up. And we will rejoice together uh, over your newfound salvation in Jesus Christ, right? And and you don't ever have to say, I found Jesus today. Now, you Jesus wasn't lost. You were lost. He found you, right? <laughs> He's like, today is the day. Today is the day. So if that's you, man, we'd love for you to come down and and uh, and see me. After well, any time, you got to go come see me. I, that's more important than the bit than the meeting. Amen. I love to pray that over you. But we're gonna bring Pastor D up. He's gonna pray a blessing over you. Receive it by saying Amen. Uh, just sit there and soak it in as you rest and uh, and and believe all the things that, that God speaks to him over you into your life. I'll be back there. And then if you guys that are wanting to stay around, if you could just stay in here um, for, and let me just. To greet some people for about five minutes. I'll be right back, and we'll we'll knock this thing out. Amen. All right. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you for giving us hearing ears and hearts to receive your word today, God. We thank you for reminding us, Father, uh, to contend for the for the gospel, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we receive everything from you by grace through faith. And as Paul said, Father, let us finish this race, but let us keep the faith. Above all things, Father, let us keep the faith. Help us recognize, Father, there are some things that we could live without, but faith is not one of those things. For your word says that it, without faith, it is impossible 
to please God. We just thank you, Father, that in Christ you are pleased with us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that when you when you see us, Father, when you when you see us, Father, you see us covered by the blood of Jesus. You see us redeemed. You see us bought back, Father. You see us uh, uh, made righteous, Father, because we have received your righteousness, the gift of God. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for just equipping us, Father, with this word, reminding us uh, of this truth, Father, and, and allowing us to have opportunities, Father, to share this and to share this this good news, this gospel of Jesus Christ, Father, with those you allow us to, uh, to encounter, Father. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen.